I got to tell you guys something. I'm, I don't know why, but I have just been wired today. I'm excited to be here uh, with you guys. I'm sure that you're tired of hearing me speak by this time, uh, but Kent will be back in action uh, next week, uh, but he's at, that, uh, he's at that fuel retreat with all the kids. Um, before, I get, uh, before I get too crazy here, I want to do something. Since Kent's not here to embarrass people, um, I, thought, I thought maybe I could take the liberty of doing that today, but I just wanted to introduce for the first time Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Lucas Compton. And if, and if Ken already did that, I apologize, but I have a forgetful memory, so I just wanted to make sure that uh, you guys got introduced because I got embarrassed whenever I got married, so I thought, it's your turn. So, it's cool. But uh, I got to tell you guys, um, the word that the Lord put on my heart today, um, it's different than, than a lot of times that he speaks something to me because uh, I think there's a lot of different types of messages that we have. Uh, some of them are revealing new things right, that we haven't seen before. Some of them are um, motivational. Some of them are, there's a lot of different reasons for one. But to me, this one is a remember this. Because I I bet the passage of scripture that we're going to read today, you can go ahead and turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 8 if you want to. But I'd be willing to bet that that most people in here have have read or have heard this passage of scripture before. But I'm hoping that today that we're going to see this in a new light. And uh, I got to tell you, I, I apologize if, I'm, uh, if I get too out of line today. Taylor's gone. Kent's gone. So I'm a free man in here today. <laughs> All right? So we can do anything we want. Uh, even Jim was talking about doing the offering plates up here. And I said, you do whatever we want. We're a free man. But see, Doris walked in, so I know that she'll report me. Uh, so... I'm not as free this service as I was last service, but I tell you what, I'm, I'm pumped. And uh, what I want to talk to you about today is in this passage of scripture, God's talking, or Jesus is, is speaking. Okay, that's important. Jesus is speaking and he's, he's telling a parable. And he's teaching a parable about uh, different kinds of soil and how they produce a crop. And uh, as we have been uh, coming to church the last few weeks, I really believe that the last month or so, even a little bit farther than that, the Lord has been speaking words to this church. And at some point, that word is going to produce a crop. If his people are willing. There's always an if. And uh, I really do believe, you know, we get we get pretty excited about uh, chip brim coming. We get excited about all these different kinds of things. But the truth is, is if we're not, if we're not doing what we're hearing, then, then it's pointless. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to try to get this figured out. This is Ken's microphone, so if I'm popping a lot, it's because he's got a bigger ear than I got. But uh, I got to tell you, the Lord really was, was dealing with me about this. And uh, we can't just be hearers of the word but we got to be doers of it, okay? So we're going to go ahead and read Luke chapter 8, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit. But in Luke 8, verse 4, it says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it had been stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks, 
It began to grow, but the, soon, the plant soon uh, wilted and died for a lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up uh, with it and choked out the tender plant. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was 100 times as it was planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So then his disciples ask him what this parable means. And if you go to verse 11, it says, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on a footpath represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from, uh, from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe it for a while and then they fall away when they face temptation. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so uh, they never grow into maturity. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. No one lights a lamp and then covers it with a bowl or hides it under a bed in a place or is placed on a stand where it is light can be seen through all those who enter the house. For all that is done in secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought into the light. Did you see it a little bit differently? Because I really do believe God's been bringing a word. And, you know, we brought Chip in for our, our winter camp revival or whatever we called it. And, and we wanted him to bring the revival. But you see, guys like Chip Brim or, or words that are spoken to you, Chip doesn't bring revival to this church. Chip brought a word that will then produce revival in a church if a church is willing to receive it. Because, you see, we talked a lot about, and I'm going to get ahead of myself here, but we talked a lot about how faith comes by hearing. But your faith comes by hearing, but it grows by doing. And you can't just sit and listen and hear the word. At some point, that word, you're going to have to do something with it, or it wasn't worth you hearing anyway. Because we talked about a lot of different things. And let me give you this example, because I was, usually how I prepare a uh, a sermon is, I'll be thinking about it all week and I'll be praying about it. And the Lord's revealing things to me. But really, pen doesn't usually hit the paper until Saturday. Or, to be honest, Saturday night at about 8 o'clock right here. I come here and, but that's whenever I write everything down that I got brewing and then it just, it kind of comes out that way. But I had this one on Friday. So this is like a, this is an accomplishment, right? I got everything written down and I know what the Lord's trying to speak because he spoke a word to me just as clear as could be. And uh, I'm thinking about this. And so I, had, I got the opportunity to, uh, to do something with Linda Kuhn uh, on Saturday. Uh, she had a memorial service for her company that she wanted me to come and pray at uh, and open it up for them. And so I did that. But I got to tell you, uh, Saturday morning I woke up and I felt horrible. I mean, I'm talking. I've, I felt like I was going to throw up. I didn't feel good. I felt sick. And I'm thinking... What am I going to do? What am I going to tell Linda? You know, am I going to call her at 8 o'clock and say, sorry, Linda, I can't come. Linda would have came and found me and, uh, and beat me up, I think. But uh, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And Kent's gone. Kent's at the, 
at the youth deal, so I'm like, what am I going to do on Sunday if I'm still sick? Well, I mean, so all these thoughts are running through my mind, and I'm laying in bed, and to be honest with you, I'm kind of having a pity party for myself. You know, I'm like, man, I just don't feel good at all. And I felt just as clear as could be, the Lord spoke to me and said, did you not hear the word? Did you not hear it? Because all week long, Chip's been talking about this very thing. And I just gave you the word yesterday to be a doer of the word. And you're laying here having a pity party for yourself. So I say, okay. And I get up. And uh, just a scripture, you know, popped into mind, like one that Chip had been sharing. You know, he was talking about uh, not having a spirit of fear. Well, I said, I don't have a spirit of sickness. But I have power, love, and a sound mind. And 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes, uh, we were healed. So that means that Christ already gave it to me. But I had to reveal to my body that I had already been healed and set free. And so as I start talking about this, I remember what Chip's saying about, about praising. You know, no matter how you feel, no matter how your situation is, you come and you lift praises to God and he inhabits the praises of his people. So all this stuff is, is, uh, is coming on and I'm going on. You know, even though I'm still not feeling that good, I keep speaking it to myself because, you know, he talked about faith coming by hearing. So as I'm speaking this, I'm also hearing it. And I'm hearing it over and over and over and over again. But I'm also doing because I'm speaking it to myself and I'm putting the scripture into context in my life. And as I'm doing this, I start feeling better. And to tell you the truth, by the time I got to, uh, I got to uh, Linda's, Linda's memorial deal, Honestly, I felt great. I bet if you ask her, she didn't have any idea that I didn't feel good that morning. I felt awesome. And then it was kind of funny because I hadn't seen Taylor because I stayed at a buddy's house uh, Friday night. And I came home and I got to see Taylor a little bit before she left for, uh, for the youth retreat. And it was funny because we're sitting there and we're talking and stuff. And she had to go pack her bag or whatever. And she's, she walked into the, to the bathroom to grab some stuff. And all of a sudden, I just hear her scream. I'm like, what are you screaming about? And all I hear is, there's a spider in the bathroom. That's all I can hear. And, I, and so after just being you know, convicted of not doing what the word said, I just kind of let out a, what Chip Brim tell you about fear? And, and so uh, it, was, it was funny. But I, I, went to, uh, I went to get in the shower that night, and the spider was still in the bathroom. Uh, so she... She didn't listen to, to what I said, but, you know, it, it, those, are, those are silly little examples, right? But the truth is, is that it doesn't matter if Jesus Christ himself came here and spoke a word to you and told you something. If you never do it, it didn't do you any good to hear it. And it doesn't matter how great of speakers that we bring in or how poor of speakers we bring in. It doesn't matter uh, who's talking, but if you're hearing the word, you got to be a doer of the word. Does that make sense? And I think a lot of times we're, we're so stuck because really what it comes down to is uh, whenever we hear a good word, we're looking at it as, you know, more of entertainment, I think, than anything else. You know what I mean? Like we need this sermon uh, to be better than the last and the next to be better than this one. But the truth is, is that God's word is, is, is never changing. It's, it's constant. And every time that you hear the word, no matter how it's presented or how it's spoken, 
you got to be a doer of it or else it's not going to do you any good. Does that make sense? So there's, there's four different types of, uh, of soil that's being talked about here. And luckily, I'm in a farming community, so I hope everyone will uh, kind of have a better idea and understanding of, of what this scripture is talking about. But, you know, the, the first one, it was talking about the seed that fell on hard ground. And, you know, it talked about the seed being the word. And the seed that uh, fell on hard ground, you know, at one time could have been very fertile soil. It could have been great soil to produce a crop in. But it had been stepped on and walked all over until it couldn't, uh, it couldn't get the seed down into the soil where it needed to go. And the truth is, is that what this is telling us is, is that if you continue to let the enemy walk all over you, you're never going to be able to receive the seed that God's given you. Does that make sense? Because in order to be able to receive God, you can't have the enemy come and take it away from you every time. But it does make us a promise that every time that you hear the word and every time uh, that you are spending time in the word hearing from God, the enemy's going to come and try to take it from you. It, it just tells us that. That's going to happen. But the truth is, is that as long as you just like that scripture said, as long as you cling to the word. You know, like a tree, right? When the wind's blowing 30 mile an hour like it's going to be today, you know, that tree is, is clinging to its roots to keep it upright. But whenever the wind's not blowing as hard, it doesn't need to rely on those as much. But what the Lord spoke to me that was clearer than anything else, he said that my people are a people who are only growing and harvesting when the season is perfect. When the time is favorable, my people are harvesting. But you see, God made a church, made a people to thrive, no matter the season, no matter the circumstance. But see, we, uh, we only share the word whenever it's in a comfortable place. We only uh, do these principles whenever it's okay for us, whenever it's comfortable. And, you know, a lot of uh, a businessmen will tell you that you know, whenever we had our economic recession, you know, we always think about business, business declining and stuff. But there was businesses that grew during that time. They expanded, right? And the church is meant to be the same way. Even though the season may not be favorable, God's word is still true. And what's it? Uh, Jim always says this one. You know, that I'm ready in season and out of season to share the gospel. It doesn't matter the season, but I'm going to stand and know that God's word's true. So whenever you start hearing these words, how many of you got to hear Chip Brim, right? A lot of us. And a lot of us have been here the last few weeks to hear some of the messages that were preached, and I really believe they are from God. But do not let the enemy come and take those words from you. Cling to them. Cling to God. Keep hearing those words over and over and over again. Because the truth is, is that sometimes your body wants what's contradictory to the word. Who can attest to that? Sometimes your body wants things that it shouldn't have. And just like in my, uh, whenever I was sick, or I, you know, was feeling sick, that uh, my body was feeling a way that didn't align with the word. 
and it took me correcting my body, revealing to my body what the Word of God said to bring it uh, into a line. And I'm not telling you that, you know, you won't be sick and stuff at some point in time and all that good stuff. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that the words that you've been hearing, there's a practical use for them. God didn't just give them to you so you feel good, right? He gave them to you so that you can go out into the world and that you can put them into practice. And you can be the light that God's calling his people to be, just like it said in that scripture. The second one was uh, when the word falls on rocky ground, right? To me, this is the this is the surface deep Christian, right? This is where, you know, we, we get everything looking okay on the outside, but really in the inside, we haven't really opened ourselves up to God. And, you know, you may, you may grow a little at the start, but if you never open up your heart to God, you're never going to grow. You're not going to have deep roots. That way, whenever the season isn't favorable, you won't still grow if you don't have those deep roots. And so every time that you hear the word, you should be growing and, and, and getting deeper into the, the soil, deeper into God's word. Till you get to the point to where you couldn't undo the word that was spoken to you if you wanted to. It's just so ingrained in you that it's who you are. Does that make sense? Are you with me? The third one was falling on thorns. And you know, this happens a lot actually because... Whenever we hear the word, it's almost like, you know, whenever we hear the word, we got to, uh, we got to run it through our channels. You know, I got to make sure that it's not going to make me uncomfortable. I have to make sure that it's not going to put me in an imposition. I got to make sure that the word uh, that God's speaking to me, you know, it, it is okay for me. Like, for example, if, uh, let's, use, let's use Liberia, for instance, Gary. Maybe God's speaking to you to go to Liberia. But we say things like, uh, I don't have anyone to watch my kids. I can't take off work for that long. I don't have, I mean, Troy's smiling because I'm sure he's heard every excuse in the book and probably made him. You know, we all have. But see, whenever God speaks something to you, you just have to come into agreement and know that's what I'm supposed to do. No matter, and God will take care of everything else. Whenever you put yourself in line with God, then you don't have to worry about all those other things. But see, we, uh, we hear the word, we hear what God's speaking to us, we feel that, we feel that thing in our heart that God's calling us to do, but we're not able to deal with the uncomfort or the uh, whatever it is that keeps us um, from moving out on what God's calling us to do. Are you still with me? But you see, sometimes, sometimes God's word, it falls on a what I like to call a seeker's heart. And that's what Joel was, was talking about earlier. You see, God called David a man after his own heart. And whenever God's church, God's people, come into his house and say, I want to know you. I want to grow closer to you. Lord, I don't care what's in my life. Whenever I hear your word, I'm going to do that word. And I'm going to make sure that whatever else needs to fall to the side will but I'm coming after you. And until you get that heart, I tell you what, if honestly, if this, if this room was full of seekers, oh man, I can't even tell you. And, and I'm not just saying that to 
boosts you up or whatever, but I'm, I'm, I really mean this. If, if this room is full of seekers, full of people who were ready and willing to do whatever it is that God was calling to do, ready to adhere to that, uh, that junction, that, that thing that's in your heart that God put in there, if you were really after it, if you were seeking after it, your life wouldn't look the same. I guarantee you that. If that thing came first, it would look different. But you see, whenever you have a seeker's heart and you hear God's word and you put it in line with your life, you put your life in line with it, you're going to produce that harvest that was a hundred times what was planted. That's whenever we start seeing those, uh, those blessings and God moving and his presence being in someone's life is whenever we see them start uh, forgetting about the things that your body wants that it shouldn't have and start aligning it with the word of God. And really... Just the words, I think, that we've heard the last few weeks is enough to chew on for the rest of the year. There's a lot of meat, a lot of stuff to to stand in agreement with and to continue to align your life with. I mean, just as simple as, you know, me on Saturday, like I told you about. You know, I had already chip left on Tuesday, and I had already gone back to wanting to throw a pity party for myself on Saturday morning. You know, and that was just a few days. But you have to continue to hear the word. Now, if you look at, uh, let me show you a, a couple things. If you go down to that next scripture in Luke that we were just looking at, Luke 8.18. This is from the Amplified. So be careful how you listen. For whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a longing for the truth even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. You see, your heart will change the way that you hear the word. It'll change the amount of, or the way that the amount of word that you receive. It'll start changing things. Because whenever Chip was, was talking, we're either thinking about things that are uh, motivational to us just for a little while, or we're thinking about things that are going to adjust the way that we do our life and the way that we live the rest of our life. Are you guys still with me? You're awful quiet today. Because we talked about uh, Romans 10, 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing, right? And faith does come by hearing. But like we said, it grows by doing. You see, you hear, and then you have faith, and then whenever your faith turns into action is whenever there was a, a benefit that produces fruit. Did that make sense? Because if you're, if you're not doing something with what you're hearing, it's not any use for you to hear it. It actually says, uh, you know, that your faith without works is dead. It's useless. It's not any good to anyone. So if you're not doing something with what you're hearing, then what's the point in you hearing it in the first place? And really, you've got to be careful uh, sometimes about... Uh, what what speakers say and that kind of stuff. And you really got to make sure everything aligns with the word. Because, for instance, I've actually heard uh, taught before, like the sickness deal. You know, you're not supposed to say that you're sick. You know, you, you can't accept that. You can't say it. You can't anything like that because you won't get healed from it because you've accepted it somehow in your heart that you are sick. And I've heard that before. 
But the truth is, is that I, like people with leprosy and, and all this different stuff, they came to Jesus knowing what their problem was. And they came to it asking Jesus to fix exactly what it was. See, your life's not going to change just by denying uh, the things that are going wrong in your life. But whenever you say, okay, this is something that's coming against me, and it's not aligned with the word, and I'm going to speak to it. And I'm going to learn what the scripture says about it. Because, you know, it doesn't say to ignore the mountain in front of you. It says speak to the mountain in front of you and it'll move. You're going to have to learn to start acknowledging the things that are coming against you in life and start speaking to them and realizing that the word that God's been speaking to you for all these years is true. And that he's good. And that he's going to see you through. But you have to keep speaking it. Speaking it is an action of not only hearing, but it's also an action of your body doing even whenever it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes you have to break through that, uh, break through that point. And if you want to, go ahead and, go ahead and turn to uh, James uh, chapter 1. And I'll prove to you that I'm not crazy. James one twenty two. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. If you, or for if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing into uh, your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You see, the reason that whenever you hear a, a motivational uh, sermon like Plenty of Chips uh, were and that kind of stuff, you start hearing that stuff and you know it, it makes you feel good. It builds you up, doesn't it? But uh, what you're really seeing is that whenever he's speaking those things to you, you're starting to see what you really look like. That's why it makes you feel good. You're starting to find that, uh, that, that thing that the Lord's been speaking to you, you're starting to find that you have power in the name of Jesus. You're starting to find all of these things, and so it feels good to know your identity. But see, depending on how you receive the word that you were given, it's going uh, to affect the harvest that you produce whenever you walk out of here. Because in here, it feels good, right? But it's not until we get outside of the church and the rubber hits the road if we know that that word really sank into our heart or not. Does that make sense? Because we got to start being a seeking church. We got to start being a church that not only hears the word, but also receives it and produces something with the word that was spoken. Because you see, just like I said earlier, I really, I really believe that Chip didn't come here to bring revival. He came here to bring a word to a church that will grow into a revival if it takes a hold of what he said. And until we say, hey, this is mine. This is what God gave me. This is God's principle that he spoke to me a long time ago, but it just took me a little bit to reveal it to myself. But now I'm going to keep telling my body that over and over and over again until it understands that I no longer adhere to my nature, but now I adhere to Christ. That I deny myself and I take up my cross and I go follow him. Daily, as Joel said earlier. Because you see, you, uh, when you come in here and you hear that word and you see what you look like, it seems kind of silly that 
I could look in a mirror and I could walk away and forget what I look like. I mean, that's silly, isn't it? And it's even more silly that we could come in here and hear the word that God's been speaking to his people for years and walk out of here and pretend like it never existed. You get what I'm saying? It also says in there, uh, the perfect law that sets you free. It's kind of contradictory, isn't it? What law sets you free? You know, the laws in the United States, they bind you up. They say, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. But see, God's laws and God's principles are made to set his people free. Whenever you adhere to what he's telling you to do, it's going to put you in a position to reap a harvest. Because, you see, you can do whatever you want, but the freedom is in growth. And if you're not growing, then you're not really hearing. And, you know, faith, faith is contagious. You walk into a room packed full of faith, and it's going to encourage the people around you. You know, we think about, uh, think about a godly person that you know. And they walk in the room, and right, we kind of almost put them on a pedestal almost because they're, they represent God's character. And really, we always think, I want to be more like him. I want to be more like her. But it's not him or her that you want to be more like. It's more like God's character that you want to be like. You're seeing God in them. Just like it says in James, you know, um, that uh, whenever you're tested, right, how testing works in the, in the Bible is, you know, like if we were making a sword, right? And we stick it uh, in the hot flame and it all turns orange, right? You know, it's completely hot. And whenever you pull the sword out of the fire, you see all these impurities on the top. And what the blacksmiths did is that they would scrape all that stuff right off the top of the sword. And how they knew it was pure is if whenever it cooled off and it was silver again, and he looked at it, he could see his face in it. And what God's telling us is, is that even though that you're, you're tested and you're tempted, more and more impurities are scraped off you. And whenever I know that you've been made whole and you've been made perfect is whenever I can look down and I can see my face in it. Because we were made in the likeness of God's image. He's looking down on his people more and more and more and more. And as he speaks that word to you, he's wanting to see his face more perfectly in your image. But if we're never a doer of the word, then we're not going to get to that point. We're going to stay exactly where we are. And you know, we can hear the word and you can say, well, you know, Landon, it does me good to be in church and just be hearing. And I'm sure it does, but how'd that work out for Judas? He had the teacher himself, the Messiah, the prophesied one, the, the son of God come down and was walking with him. And what did that get him? See, he heard, but he didn't do. He heard to watch out for greed, but he didn't do it. And I would be willing to bet that the words that Jesus spoke to him fell under one of those first three things on hard ground, on rocky soil, on a place covered in weeds. See, we got to put ourselves in a position to hear the word, to really hear it. Not just to hear it on the surface and for it to motivate us, but to hear it and to walk in it. Because we discover that it's really who we are. And you know, whenever you, uh, 
whenever you think of faith, it's kind of hard not to think of Abraham, right? You know, God spoke to Abraham and said, listen, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he says, but I don't even have a son, and I'm old in age. And uh, so eventually God gives him a son and stuff, and then God says, Abraham, I need you to sacrifice your son. And we see a little different Abraham at this point. He doesn't say, but God, this is my only son. He says, okay, let's do it. I'm ready. And the difference being is that at first, Abraham wasn't sure. His faith wasn't solid because he said, but I don't even have a kid. How can I do that? But see, whenever he had his kid and God asked him to sacrifice his son, he knew that no matter what, that God was going to see him through to the end. Because he had a, a, a faith rested in the trust of the father. He knew that no matter, even if he did have to sacrifice his son, God's word was still going to come to pass. And it was still true. And you see him walking in that. And then because of that, him being willing to sacrifice his son, God sent his son to die on the cross for us, to give us the freedom. And you know, just like I said, I wanted to say this again, just to make sure that you heard it the first time and the second time and the third time because faith comes by here. Chip Brim didn't come to bring revival to this church. He came and brought a word from the Lord to this church to let it lead into revival. And until you get that, you're going to miss it. Everybody would probably say, you know, hey, I want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want this church to grow. I want this to be a church of 10,000 people. I want this and I want that. But at some point, God's people have to be willing uh, to do the work and to walk in faith for that to happen. Because without it, who's going to know? Who's going to hear? Don't look into the mirror and forget what you look like. And I want you to hear a, a passage of scripture before I do. Prophecy is uh, it's coming to pass right now. Stuff that you read in the Bible is, is coming to pass right now. And uh, a few days ago, a lady uh, came on the news and was saying how, uh, you know, Mike Pence was crazy because he uh, hears from the Lord. And I just, all I kept thinking about is, and I saw Teresa had shared it or whatever, and all I kept thinking about is this book that I have where I've written down all the things that the Lord's told me. And, you know, you get put in a in a hospital because of doing that. But I'm telling you what, prophecy is coming to pass because of this, because the world's starting to come against the church. We're starting to be isolated. Those Christians are crazy. But what you're really seeing is, is that it says in the last days that uh, there's going to be persecution to the church. But it also says there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And until we stand and know that God's word is true and I'm going to stand on his principles no matter what and I'm going to share his word without hesitation, without doubt and I'm going to walk around this place fearless. We're not going to get to the revival part. See, we have to have a seeker's heart. 
a group of people who want nothing more than to hear and to be with the Father. I'm going to leave you with this passage of Scripture. It's in Colossians chapter 3. And I thought it was fitting whenever I opened my Bible to this, a little subtitle on here says, What Christians Should Do. I thought that was kind of funny. Colossians 3.1 says, Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on realities that are in heaven. Where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with uh, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, or evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part or still a part of the world, but now uh, it is time to get rid of rage or anger, rage, malice behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know that your creator has and, uh, and become like him. In this, lot, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, you must close your, clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And if the uh, praise team wants to go ahead and come up, we'll, we'll close out of here today. That way you guys can go get some good lunch. But you see, there's, there's a lot of things, okay? There's a lot of things that God is asking his church to do. And I'd be willing to bet, because I know that this is true, that inside of each and every one of you is something that God is calling you to do. You know, Kent had a, he's been talking about this English service at Carthage for, you know, a while now. I think the last couple weeks that I've seen him, he's had either one of those Oakton Church uh, cards in his hand or in his pocket because he's been handing them out like no other. But the truth is, I think that he sees the vision of what God wants to do at Carthage. And I really do believe in in my own heart that uh, they're going to outgrow that church at Carthage. I really do believe that that's not the final church. I really do believe that they're going to get bigger, they're going to get stronger, and they're going to be a body of believers ready to fight for the kingdom. But you see, God gave Kent this vision. And Kent uh, believes the vision and is now trying to carry it out. But until his people come behind him, it makes it a lot harder to do. God's word will still come to pass with or without you. But there's people that are called to go do that ministry with him. But there's also people to go to Liberia, 
There's people to go to Albania. There's people to go to Kansas City. There's people to go help on Thursday night at Oakton Carthage. There's people in this room that have a ministry in their heart that's not even started in this church yet. But it's not until that you come and be a seeker that you're going to figure out what that thing is. Because you see, God wants his, uh, his people to grow. He wants his ministries and his church to grow and to continue to develop. But until his church is willing, when's it going to move? And I'm going to leave you with this thought. It doesn't say in God's word to deny himself and his principles. It says for you to deny yourself, take up your cross and come follow him. Whenever the opportunity comes, don't deny his principle, but walk in his understanding. You guys know what you need to do. If you need to come pray, come pray. You need to accept Jesus. I'm right here. Come up here and we'll pray together. But I'm telling you, this is the time. This is the time for the church to grow. This is our time. In season and out of season, we're ready.